Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. Yes. And today, like I say in every episode, we got a great show for you. In fact, our little eight-year-old, he's really excited about this too because he's yes. a big fan of Joshua. But we got Joshua so Della Cruz Caitlin. coming yeah. on, mm -hmm. and you might know him from Blues Clues. And I tell you what, if you watch the show, you definitely know that he loves his job. He gets into it. Yes. He's really good at what he does. And we're excited that we have him on today. And we're going to talk a little bit about his story and how he got where he's gotten and see where this goes. So Joshua, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Yes. <clears throat> now, I always start out this year the same, because as you know, we're in a crazy year. We are. So how has COVID affected you? And what, do you, what have you done to maneuver through that? You know, it's uh, it's it crazy. Is is no one? I, I remember when we first started the year twenty twenty. It's going to be amazing. Everything is going to be great. Right. And uh, yeah. it really, it really took a nosedive there. Um, you know, with the with the pandemic. Um, thankfully, my immediate family has been uh, healthy. Uh, they're all healthcare workers for the most part. And oh, wow. um, my mom retired this year. She's a breast cancer survivor. She helped um, set up uh, uh, many different COVID units uh, within uh, her hospital right before she retired. Um, so we're just so proud of her. And uh, my aunts are still uh, working in the hospital. My dad's still working in the hospital. And um, it's so funny, at the beginning, it was so difficult to uh, understand what is going on and what needs to be done. And um, mm -hmm. now that we know you know, there's new things happening and there's new information every every day and especially at the beginning of the right. um, Because they have the proper PPE, because we know that wearing masks does help, um, I, I'm Ooh. much less worried about them because I know how safe they are. Uh, yeah. And yes. know what would happen with filming season three? Because uh, right now I'm in Toronto filming season three. And oh, okay. And we, we had just wrapped season two, uh, and thankfully all of that was shot and all that is being animated now, and episodes have, have started coming out. Um, but we didn't really know. Uh, but our production team is so amazing. They uh, We have a COVID compliance officer on set every day, making sure that we are following the, the, the right procedure. We're all wearing our PPE. We're washing our hands. Um, we're keeping a social distance. Yeah. Um, and luckily, our show is kind of built for this uh, this kind of this moment because it's just me on a green screen, <laughs> and uh, we have a, a pretty bare bones uh, crew. We have twelve people on set, and uh, we're all family. And um, I'm fortunate enough to get tested three times a week. Uh, wow. um, so so is everyone in my bubble. So we're we're keeping very safe. Is it we're still so up the nose one, or they do the saliva now? No, we do the uh, we do the up the nose one. So every every wow. <laughs> three times a week, I I uh, I get tickled by the uh, by that little swab. Um, wow! Uh, I, never, I can never quite get used to it, but um, we're also grateful to be able to work uh, when yeah. when some people are not able to, and and more importantly, we're able to um, put out this show that will hopefully help parents and help kids through this through this time. Yeah, you know, we definitely love the show. And, you know, we're talking about COVID and how it's changed. You know, when we first launched the show, we launched January 3rd of this year. And like you said, we had this big plans. And our yeah. big plan 
for the show was to do 100 interviews our first year. We thought if we did 100 interviews, that would be a big foundation to go into the future. And then yeah. COVID happened. And wow. because we started and then, because we started with just artists, we're now doing artists, actors, authors, and athletes. So we kind of expanded. Yeah. But I was like, you know, I told Sandy, this could be our year to shine. You know, because all these guests are going to need a place to talk, to rant, to whatever, and we're going to give them that platform. And because yeah. of that, instead of us doing the goal of 100 interviews, um, we are at your number 295. Whoa! <laughs> wow. so, we're, yeah, so we just went all, in fact, August was our biggest month. We had 44 um, interviews that one month. Congratulations. Wow. So I was telling, I joke with Sandy from time to time, like, you know, if our show ever becomes the size of like a Bobby Bones or a Ryan Seacrest or anything like that, we'll, we'll look back and we'll kind of owe COVID for that because COVID slowed everybody down so that we yeah. can squeeze in there. Yeah, it's so interesting. The, well, you, you know, while it, COVID has shut down many, many doors, um, it's kind of a refocusing as far as uh, what is important in your life. You know, we, we, we are so thirsting for um, human connection now and to be able to talk with someone and be in the same room. Um, and before this, it, it's, it's always been, will always be a digital world where we can talk to people, thankfully, because we're in a digital world, we can talk to each other yeah. in different countries. Um, where, you know, I find that I can get stuck in my phone, even when I'm with my wife or when I'm with my family, um, mm -hmm. either doing work or just, um, you know, mindlessly scrolling. And uh, thankfully, I hope this, this kind of refocuses us to focus more on the person across from us, um, yeah. that we can use technology for good things. Uh, but when we are together, we're really together because, you know. Because ain't it uh, crazy that you yeah. can be connected to the world but now you're disconnected from the person next to you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the most connected and most disconnected that we've ever been in our entire lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, been a, it's been crazy, this technology. And it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's really great on one hand, but yeah. then it becomes a handicap on the other hand. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because that was one of the challenges and continues to be one of the challenges with our show. Uh, mm -hmm. How can we introduce technology to kids um, on TV? We're not introducing <laughs> kids to technology at all. It's around them. They're, you know, uh, yeah. I, my coworkers, they have kids where they'll go up to the TV and try to touch it. And, you know, we're not there yet with, with touchscreen <laughs> TV. Um, but it's, it's so interesting. So how do we implement technology in a positive learning experience? Because that is always... Uh, what we are about, a positive learning experience. And now with the handy dandy notebook phone, we're able to um, throw a throwback to the notebook and the, the tactile functionality of it. Like there is something to writing and I always carry a notebook with me, um, but I also have a phone. And now we have a phone that we can connect with people. And we've made this, this tech, we've made the technology in our show a way to connect with people, to get video calls, to receive emails from friends. Oh, cool. um, and it's 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 a really really wonderful thing, but you're so right. In out in about, it's so easy to get lost in the technology uh, as a means of communication and connection. 
Because, you know, you hear people talk about we need to take technology away. I'm like, that ship has sailed. That's not happening. You know, social media, you know, stopping social media, that ship has sailed. You know, all we can do as parents now is to try to guide the kids to balance it. Because, again, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. And, you know, there are many, many amazing things have happened, like the exchange of information. Um, I, I can't imagine how long, how much longer it would take to develop a vaccine without the instantaneous exchange of information that's going on, like maybe even 20 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it would have taken a little bit longer. But again, it's a double edged sword because there, there's plenty of bad that can happen with this. Um, but there is an amazing, uh, there's an amazing YouTube channel, uh, called crash course, and they do a crash course on, um, uh, internet literacy and about how to make sure that the sources you are, are, are reading and watching and, and consuming, um, are indeed factual and, uh, mm-hmm. that you can trust them. And it's something that, you know, I didn't really, I, I, I always knew to do. But I'm so glad that people are taking the time out to be like, hey, just as a reminder, you know, we need to do lateral reading. We need to make sure that our sources are trusted, that they're vetted, and that, um, you know, we're not just getting everything from one thread or that or from one news source that we can like exactly. look at everything as a whole. Yeah, I think because I think if you listen to four or five different news sources, you can yeah. find a middle ground between them, yeah. and, and usually the middle ground is where the truth kind of lies. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to bring little Chris on real quick, real quick. Um, let him ask a few yeah. questions first, and then we'll get started after that, really. Yeah. So hopefully Sandy's hearing me to get him in here. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, he's been watching you since he was little, and, you know, and, and all of a sudden we get a chance to have you on the show, so he's really excited. That is so special. Thank you so much. It's so, so such an honor. Um, I very rarely get the chance to actually talk to kids. People, people ask me, oh, I, you know, I bet you, you, you're just, you work with kids all the time. You must be exhausted. I'm like, no, this is amazing whenever I get to meet kids because it's just me talking to a camera. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Hi, Chris. How are you, sir? Doing good. What's your favorite episode of Blues Clues in you? Oh, my favorite episode of Blues, Clues, and You. Okay, there are uh, there are two. The first one is uh, the Blues um, uh, Blues Night Before Christmas, which just aired because I was there with all of my cousins, um, Steve, Joe, and we just had an amazing time on set. And then the very uh, oh, two, 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 three. So three, three <laughs> episodes. The very first episode. Because that was, you know, that was the first time that I'd ever been on set doing this job, and it was so filled with love, and everyone was so supportive, um, and it was a great jumping-off point to grow. And then the third one is um, the uh, the Thanksgiving episode, uh, where with Blue's thankful book. Because a little tidbit, I have a dog named Ollie, and he <laughs> during season two and season one, he was on set with me every single day. And because he was so quiet and he is, he is so good, he's often hiding in different set pieces or just hiding just below camera with our with our <laughs> props master. So during that thankful uh, the thankful book scene, 
he was right at my feet under the table, just looking up at me. And so that, that, that is, you know, one of the most special things because I never thought in a million years that I'd be able to bring my dog to work and let alone that anybody would call him. How's it working with Valley Brook? Oh gosh. You know, it's so funny because I wish that I was able to actually be on set with these people. Because of our schedules, every it's so difficult to get everybody there at the same time. Oh, so well. we actually filmed on different days in different uh, countries. Isn't that funny? Um, because see, we interviewed Ali Brook recently. Yeah, she's phenomenal, and she did such an amazing job on the parade, um, and you know, able to represent Blue, and and she she killed it. She crushed it. <laughs> and what's your last question? Okay, what's your favorite food? I mean, pizza. Ooh. Okay, oh. yours is pizza? Forgot. <laughs> He's telling you his at the yeah. same time asking you. Ah. You have the same favorite food. I literally just made pizza last night uh, so that we could have it today. What's your favorite? What are your favorite pizza toppings? Mm, pepperoni and sausage. Ooh, that's good. We have a, um, a, a favorite, uh, we have two favorite vegan sausages that we put on our pizza. And then we also put, when you know, don't judge me on this now, and you're going to have to trust me, pineapple. I'm going to get a lot of hate for it. A lot of hate. <laughs> we used to eat a, a pineapple and, and pepperoni pizza a lot, uh, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Dane. Oh, well, thank you so much. Bye, Chris. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we always let him come on every episode and ask usually one question, but like I said, because you're a kid's show and all that, it's like, you know what? We'll let him ask a few more questions and get him more involved. Because who knows what we could be setting up here. Oh, he's so wonderful and so comfortable. I was so shy growing up, and, and I still am very shy. Uh, you know, I, I, it would take a lot for me to talk to someone. Um, and it's kind of why I really connected to theater, because uh, it was a way to communicate. I used to have a really difficult time reading out loud and talking to people. I would be very, very shy. Um, and oh, theater wow. helped that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's already on that's, the right path. That's like with me when I was, I remember when I was in high school, if you had to give an oral book report, I took it off. Oh. oh my gosh. I just, you know, I, I would not get up and stand. And then when I was 18, 19 years old, I remember yeah. that, you know, I was one of the most shyest teenagers out there. And, you know, and, you know, people say that your personality can't change. I'm like, I'm living proof that you can change it if you decide to. <laughs> Isn't it so funny? Like, it, 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 when you were in high school, did you ever think that you would be doing something like this? Oh God, no! I, I don't like it. even ten years ago. Um, I would have, you know, because it was funny how all this came to be. Because, you know, I, I always had this. I guess for the past 10, 15 years, I had this idea that I'd be a motivational speaker one day. That was kind of my dream, and and still can happen. Um, yeah. But because of this, um, and then Sandy and I marry um, eighteen years ago, and I listen to all these motivational stuff. 24 I mean, I was one of those 24 seven, nothing yeah. music. She listens yeah. to nothing but music. Little problem there when we're driving, what do we do? 
So, so we had to learn to compromise. And she'd listen to my stuff fifty percent of the time. I listen to her. We mean she. We were both fair about it, and yeah. because of that, it's caused her to grow in my direction a little bit, me to grow in her direction a little bit, and we've become one with this show to where now she gets to play out her passion of music because we bring in a lot yeah. of artists and my passion of speaking. So, you know, we were able to combine our two passions into one show. You know, it's so it's 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 pretty amazing the way that life works out and you're able to share your passions uh, and with each other and with the world and, and kind of like lift each other up because of it. Um, mm -hmm. It's really, really amazing. Um, so, so tell us what yeah. got you in acting. I mean, when you look back on your career, um, what was the moment? Now, you know, a lot of people, they would ask, when did you know you wanted to act? I like to go deeper than that. When did you know that that could actually be a career for you? Oh, so I, did, <laughs> I didn't know that I wanted to be an actor um, up until really late in my life. I used to watch it, and I still do. Um, but when I was younger, I used to watch a lot of TV, and my mom used to joke around with me. It's like, you should just be an actor. You watch so much TV. And I said, no, mom, I'm going to be a lawyer. Uh, and uh, here we are oh, now, wow. uh, you know, she never thought that I would ever take her up on that. Um, and I got a scholarship. Uh, like I was saying, I, theater was just a, a way to meet friends. And my, my older sister told me to do it when I got to high school, so I did it. And... Um, I had a really great time. I learned to communicate. I learned to speak out loud. I learned to slow down when I was reading. And uh, I, again, it was just something that I did. I, I had many aspirations. I wanted to be a chef at one point. I wanted to be a firefighter at one point. I wanted to be uh, a music teacher. And that's music teacher was kind of where I was headed. Uh, then I got a scholarship to um, go to Paper Mill Playhouse. Uh, they, they are a regional theater in New Jersey, and they have a summer conservatory program um, to study musical theater for a full month, and it culminates into a, a, a big show on the main stage. And so I got a scholarship to, to uh, study with them. And that was the first time I was surrounded by kids who knew that that's what they wanted to do with their lives. And uh, like it was like full-on training. You know, it was going to school. It, it was what I imagine... Um, <coughs> kids on TV that go to like musical schools, like what that's like, um, and much like what college is like. And that was the first time that I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is, I feel so at home here, oh, you wow. know, and I think this is what I want to do. And then the performance happened and that's when I knew, ah, this is what I, I it's such a it's such a difficult thing because I was also about to become a senior in high school. This all happened the summer before my senior year in high school, and usually before that, you have already applied to schools. Um, and so that same summer, we were on a camping trip as a fam for a family vacation, and uh, my mom is like, "Oh, what's going on? Are you okay?" <laughs> I'm sure she's expecting the worst, and I go, "I think I want to be in." I want to go to school for musical theater. And she said, oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, she wasn't expecting it. She was definitely scared, as every parent should be. Um, and thankfully, because uh, I was scared, it's, you know, n no one in my family is an actor uh, and, and in the arts. And mm -hmm. um, my teachers, they talk, my parents talked to my teachers and 
you know, thankfully I had their support going into school. A lot of kids don't have their parents' support. Um, And I went to a state school. I went to Montclair State University uh, at the right time and at the right place. And there I was able to, uh, it's actually where I met my wife, Amanda, but we didn't get together until our senior year of uh, of college. Uh, Yeah. And so that's where I, I got to learn. And I, my first job out of college was uh, the King and I with Lou Diamond Phillips and, right. um, and and Rachel Bay Jones, and I remember thinking like, "Wow, this is, yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do." Um, and it's been an, an incredible learning experience ever since. You know, I've, I've I was again fortunate enough to find a, a, a community of Asian actors that <laughs> helped me find my identity and helped me. Um, learn about this crazy world that is amazing, but can also be very toxic just because of, you know, there's a lot of insecurity and um, it doesn't always manifest itself in the best ways within yourself and within other people around you. Uh, And so being able to be blessed with a community and with family and with my wife uh, being so supportive and and us being supportive of each other, uh, you know, that's kind of what got me to where I am today. And, you know, speaking of that, talking about, you know, I can remember um, it just took me 48 years to get here. I mean, I'm 49 now, but I remember our very first show, January 3rd. Now, we interviewed some people back in 2014, including Kelsey Ballerini, before people knew who she was. Um, but it wasn't like a show. It was um, more I interviewed and we and I transcribed it all out and I hated that. In fact, we shut the show down because I was like, you know, I hated the transcribing. I was like, you know, yeah. I'm not making money. So I'm like, how can I keep, t- you know, you do a 30 minute, 40 minute interview with somebody and it takes you three, four hours to transcribe. I'm like, OK, this ain't worth it anymore. So like we shut it down. But it was in my heart. But I remember um, when we we relaunched in 2018 with newcountrybuzz.com. And then last year we said, okay, it's time to step it up and do a show. And so we set the date for January 3rd because that was my mom's birthday before, you know, she passed um, back six months after we married. And I thought it'd be a great honor to honor her on, you know, as a launch of our show. And I thought I wouldn't procrastinate because all year last year we procrastinated. I wanted to do the show all last year. So if we set the date for January 3rd, I wasn't going to back out, right? And then I do the show, and we had two people we interviewed. And I remember after the show, I was like, I found what I want to do. I don't know how we're going to make money with it, but I found what I – because I just really – and and that's one of the reasons why we've been able to do almost 300 shows this year, because I really love doing this. I hate to to work outside of this, you know, trying to – set everything up because it's just us but i but with with the show itself i love it oh my gosh it's 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 such an amazing thing to to however long it takes you know i i always got discouraged because even when i was in college um some of my classmates would would be like yeah we studied this in in sophomore year and like they were talking about stanislavski and meisner and, and like all these prolific acting teachers and all these books and all these methods and I remember feeling like oh man I guess I I guess I just kind of maybe I started too late and it's really discouraging (laughs) um uh, but then you know when you love something you don't care how much how hard the work is I commuted to school every day and that you know I, I I don't regret that for a second 
um, yeah. because it made me work even harder. And, um, you know, it's so inspiring to hear that, you know, once we get a deadline, because I'm the same exact way, and it's on a, in a very important date, you, you will move mountains to make it happen. And even with all the setting up work, because all the logistics is not fun ever. But when you actually get to sit down and do the thing like that, that is so inspiring to me. Um, uh, your show. And I love and, that and you're talking about that side of it because, because, uh, you know, a lot of people, as you know, they see the glory of a Brad Pitt, the glory yeah. of Angelina Jolie and all the other actors, but they yeah. don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes not to get to their level, but even a career level within acting and entertainment and all that. And I've always said with our show, we're going to always talk about that side of it. And every yeah. episode we have talked about that side of it, because I think it's one of the most important things that people need to talk about that nobody talks about. And that's yeah. one thing I think what makes our show unique is that's why it's called Up Close and Personal, our tagline, because we want to get up close and personal. We want to hear the fears, the struggles. And so tell us a little bit about the sacrifices through the years that you've had to make, because, you know, we had a friend of ours that we interviewed back in 2014. And this was music. So you, I think you'll be able to relate to this. But I asked her what advice she'd given up and coming artists. And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from us full time because her and her daughter were full time. She goes, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the day you want it to be a career, everybody kind of owns a piece of you. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to getaways, but you're preparing for this future. You can't say no to gigs and stuff and you can't cancel once you've got some and they don't understand yeah. it. because They got this nine to five. You've got this 24 seven and it could be 2 a.m. and you get a call. Well, guess what? You go. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Then your family yeah. has to sacrifice around you. They you know, they have to be with you through all this. So they're sacrificing. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only yeah. way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's so. I'm, I'm glad that you're asking these questions because a lot of the time it is, you know, what's it like to be an actor? Uh, uh, when I was in, a, a lot of the work part is um, this preparation. So a lot of people don't realize how much, especially as a Broadway actor, a good yeah. Broadway actor does a lot of prep and the work is you know try doing some uh, the same show eight times a week for years if you're fortunate enough for years on end you know a lot of a, a lot of shows don't last that long i was fortunate enough to be in aladdin on broadway and um when we were performing it was i loved it i absolutely loved it what is the work part the work part is going to pe uh, physical therapy um a couple times a week. The, the the work part is making sure that you roll out and stretch at the end of the night because your body will start to break down if you don't. Uh, the work part is going to the gym every single day to make sure that your body is, um, if not in, you know, aesthetically physical shape, but at least enough shape that you can get through an eight show week, sometimes a 12 show week where your immune system starts to break down. Like, you know, we've learned a lot because of COVID of just how, uh, how, much, uh, how much spreads through people breathing. And mm -hmm. now imagine an entire uh, theater 
filled with 1,700 people breathing at you. Um, and what does that do? That, you know, it's nothing really to be afraid of as long as you make sure that you're eating healthy, uh, as long as you make sure that you're getting enough sleep. So that means that you're not going to parties every night, um, you know, making sure you go home and go to sleep, uh, making sure that you wake up and go to the gym or do whatever it is that you need to strengthen your immunity system, uh, to prepare for auditions outside of work. There's a lot of things that go in. And, uh, you know, it was only ever work for me. Performing was only ever work for me when I was sick or really injured. Because you're like, well, you know, this is your job. You, you have to do it. People, um, what I never forgot, and I encourage other performers or, or aspiring performers to never forget, is that um, if you're fortunate enough to be paid for your work, somebody worked very hard to make enough money <laughs> to take either themselves or their entire families to go see you perform. And they demand the same respect that you demand from them to sit and, and, and to watch. And you know, that is so inspiring to me to be, to, to know, like I never saw Broadway shows growing up because I was a family of five and we couldn't afford it. You know, yeah. um, and when, it, we, when we were fortunate enough to either get tickets or get tickets that were cheap enough um, it was so special to us, uh, and it made such a difference. And if you know, if if you're able to see the audience at the end of the show, they, uh, you know, regardless of how you felt, they are so appreciative. Um, and and to me, that's what uh, the curtain call always was. It wasn't a bow because thank you, I'm so amazing. It's a thank you to the audience for being there uh, and for being yeah. there together. Um, and so. The performing was never work. Only if the only time it was ever work was when I was injured or sick. It's the stuff outside of the performing that is work. Um, and you know, I mentioned uh, commuting to and from school. My parents sacrificed a lot uh, in order for me to go to school. And my mom is an, uh, was a nurse. My dad is a, a dialysis tech, and uh, she used to get up pretty early to go to work. And I remember thinking. I remember I, I would get up in the morning early as well because I had 8.30 ballet class and I'd like to like do things before, uh, make sure that I leave with enough time. And I remember yeah. my mom talking to my dad early in the morning uh, about leaving for work even earlier just to save like a few more dollars on the toll across the bridge. And I remember thinking like, it's 5.30. You're going to wake up even earlier. You're going to wake up at 3.30 because I know that she gets up at 4.30, just to make, just to get over the bridge earlier. I mean, like, I'm so thankful to my parents for everything that they've sacrificed. And I'm so thankful to my parents for that, you know, I, that I was, I'm just so thankful to be able to hear that conversation because it, it just kind of instilled what I already knew and just made me work even harder. Um, you know, if you're in school, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be going to theater school, this is a crazy time right now uh, to be going to theater school. Like, like I applaud you, keep working hard, um, but your summers are never your own. Your summers are, are there so that you can focus on classes that you want to take. Um, and there are a handful of, of classmates that I went to school with that did just that, myself included, during summer break. I went to take dance classes, I went to acting classes, my wife being one of them. And we are the few that have uh, found success in, in the business. And not even just 
like fame. It's like sacrifice. It's yeah, it's just to so be able to thing that most people don't have. And you know, somebody asked a question on the thread. They asked, "What is your favorite character or cartoons growing up?" Oh my gosh, um, uh, Animaniacs, Animaniacs, and Freakazoid. Oh, it was ahead of their time. If you watch that show, uh, <laughs> it was on WB before it was CW. It was produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, and uh, if, if you watch that show, I don't know how they got away with things. They were the precursor to Family Guy, to um, oh, wow. SpongeBob. Just so many, there are so many jokes that kind of float above the kids' heads. Uh, and that's definitely where a lot of my. Yeah, we've heard, we've watched SpongeBob for years now. Every day, because little Chris, that's one of his favorite shows. It's like he's over and over. So I probably have seen every SpongeBob out there. <laughs> it's fantastic. And how many jokes are just for the parents, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes they'll be watching a cartoon and he'll leave and, and I'm still watching and I end up watching the rest of it, you know? <laughs> it's fantastic. It's one of our favorite. And again, just a good character. It's there's yeah. nothing malicious about SpongeBob. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's. He just has a dream, and he wants. To, he just has this philosophy that everything is good, and I can make everybody happy. And you know what? If every American and everybody in the world would be a SpongeBob, we'd probably have a different place. Oh, we would most definitely have a different place. You know, it's just like. <laughs> So as you know, a lot of people, they see the artist, they see the actor, um, but they don't see the team. And I don't think the teams ever get enough credit, enough love. So I always want them to get the love that they deserve on our show. So if you want to take a few minutes to just kind of tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Yeah, I'm so glad you, you, you asked that and talked about it because... A lot of people ask me, how do you do what you do? It's amazing. I do what I do because there is an army of people. Uh, any success that I have on the green screen is because of the army that is behind me, making sure that I know what I'm doing. You know, I, it's, it's literally, I, I act the pieces of tape. If I'm lucky, I'll get little tennis balls. Um, but outside of that, that's it. Um, and so, you know, my right-hand person is, um, or my, 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 uh, my right-hand people, are my uh, onset assistant, Ashley, uh, who is my scene partner, reading the scenes with me. So all of the timing comes from us. Uh, yeah. She is every single character before the voice actor gets into the booth. Um, my uh, hair and makeup, she is, you know, not just my confidant, but she is also making sure that I am, I have everything that I need, uh, you know, physically and, and emotionally, that if I need to take a break, she's there, she's, she's my support. Um, and the entire team acts that way. You know, I have, we have amazing directors, uh, animator, uh, animation directors, our live action directors, um, our first AD, uh, our production office, everyone is making sure that we make the best show possible. And how do we do that? We do that by supporting each other. And um, thankfully, we're such a family that, you know, we can jump around with each other um, because the days are long, you know, and you get tired. And so when somebody gets tired, somebody uh, picks it up and, and, and brings the energy back up. And, and, and it's so amazing to be on set. And this is why I love my job is because of the people. And, mm -hmm. you know, our show started in 1996 because our creators, uh, uh, 
um, Angela Sandomero and, and um, Tracy Page Johnson, they, they believed that they wanted to make a show that would change the world. They wanted to make a show that would help kids get ready for preschool and beyond. And that mission hasn't changed. So whatever life has thrown at us, when we come, when we get into the studio, that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're, we're in there to help kids. And I think that really helps us all work together as a team because no one person or one department uh, yeah. is responsible for the success of our show. It's, it's, it's all of us. And I could not do what I do uh, if it were not for them. Now, how did you get that role of Blue on Blue's Clues? I, I was, uh, I, I, I had auditioned, I was, well, okay, so I was doing Aladdin, um, uh, I was doing Aladdin at the time, and I was literally uh, in underneath the stage, because uh, the way that the show is built and the way that the, the, the theater is set up, um, all the action is happening on stage, and then underneath the stage is where the ensemble uh, does their costume changes, is where we hang out. And so I was sitting downstairs, and I got a, a, an email from my agent saying, like, hey, Blue's Clues is coming back. You have this audition. Um, huh. And I thought, oh, wow. Like, Blue's Clues. You know, I used to watch the show with my little sister. Uh, amazing. And um, so I went in for my audition. I didn't hear back for, like, a month. And I thought, oh, well, you know, another one bites the dust. Uh, and a month goes by, and then my agent uh, sends me another email. I guess this is still happening. <laughs> like, oh, because you have a callback. Oh. Great. Um, oh, wow. So that go in and, you know, and I felt good about the audition. This time it was for producers. Uh, still nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary, nothing that I'd never experienced before uh, in theater or in television. And then uh, they're like, they wanted to screen test you. I was like, oh, wow. And what was so funny was that at that point in my life, I thought that, oh, I, 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 I want to do something else. I don't know what, but I want to mm -hmm. help people. Um, but I also want to use the gifts that, like, that I have, that I've worked on. Um, and then with every callback, that thing kind of like tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, Josh, I think this is it. Uh, oh, wow. And I went to my screen test and I felt really great. I, I felt good about it. Um, and then they put me on hold for maybe another month and a half. And that's when uh, the Mr. Rogers documentary came out. And that is who I watched uh, growing up um, on PBS. And I, the credits started to roll. And that's when I realized, oh, Josh, this is the thing that you were waiting for. You know, Mr. Oh, Rogers wow. was an important part of my life growing up. My dad uh, gave up his career to be a stay-at-home dad um, when we immigrated to the States. And I'll never be able to uh, thank him enough for that, for being a male role model, uh, uh, especially in that capacity. And then also with Mr. Rogers being, you know, uh, not having an ounce of toxic masculinity in his body uh, and to have that responsibility, just to care about the person on the other side of the screen. Um, and that's when I, I, I knew that this was the thing that I was hoping for. And it's so funny, after my last screen test, um, and this is about May now, uh, I went to go visit my wife, uh, who was uh, working a cruise, who was doing Jersey Boys for Norwegian Cruise Line in Alaska. And I went and I, and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to say it out loud, but I really want this job. And she's like, I know, I know, <laughs> but you, you did everything that you could. Spouses you know? always know. 
Yeah, she she knows. Uh, and um, she got an email saying that she was going to be in the New York company of Jersey Boys off Broadway. And she turned to me and she's like, you know what? I think you're going to get it. <laughs> I was like, why? She's like, I think you're going to get it. And then the very next day, uh, where we're in the middle of the ocean, no cell service, I get a phone call. Uh, and it's, it's, it's uh, the producer saying that I got the job and I wow. I don't remember who was on the phone I was just so stunned I was so happy uh, and uh, I, I, I've, I've been so fortunate so blessed ever since because you know it's 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 an amazing company to, to work for Wow I love that story I love that you have a spouse that stands behind you guess how Sandy is with me because we do this show together which sometimes yeah. it's just me sometimes it's both of us because of Caitlin all oh, depends on circumstances but um yeah. But I love when you see couples that they're together like that, and they and they understand each other and all that. And that's a, it's just amazing to hear stories like that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're pretty lucky, pretty lucky guys. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, in in fact, um, I went through 19 years of addictions until almost 13 years ago. But the first five years of our marriage, it was really hectic on my wife. But she yeah. never nagged me. She never put me down. She loved me through the addictions. And yeah. if it weren't for that, I don't think we would be here. I mean, it, you know, most women would have left. Yeah. And um, who knows what would have happened if she'd have done that. And we sure wouldn't have had our kids because our kids happened after um, I've been, because I've been sober now, December 26th would be 13 years. And Congratulations. now sudden, oh. everything's coming together. Thank you. But it's it's been a crazy journey, that's for sure. And I got amazing spouse, partner, everything all in one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That you know, it's it's when you have the right partner and you have the right person that cha that challenges you to be better every day. Um, and you can challenge each other to 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 be better and to grow. Uh, it's it's incredible the amazing things that happen. Um, the unexpected things that happen. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy for you guys. That's that's incredible. So what's next for you? Uh, well, you know we're we're in the middle of filming season three. We just we just reached our, our tipping point, so we have eleven se uh, eleven episodes uh, shot and sent off to animation. Um, and now uh, you know I we just recorded. Um, uh, a single for a, a musical called Rent about um, uh, these kids in high school. And it's this kind of dystopian uh, society where their value is is based upon their grades and where they're ranked in the school. And it's it's cool. a it's an amazing score. It's an amazing story. It's such an it's such an accessible way to um, to introduce the concepts of classism and uh, uh, you know the financial disparity uh, and what that does to how people are treated uh, and the song is called come up for air uh, you can find it on Spotify you can find it on uh, on Apple music it's a, available on all three platforms um, if you go to my Instagram at it's Josh Delacruz um, you should be able to find the video so we were able to record the song in quarantine together and then we also recorded the music video that accompanies it so you can see that on youtube and find all of that through my instagram um it was such an amazing gift to be able to perform with amanda and then also work with her on post-production uh because I, I shot it 
um, and then Amanda edited. Uh, she edited the, the entire video. She's a gifted. Uh, she's she has so many gifts, and but uh, video editing is, is is one of those gifts. Uh, and you know, to be able to create something together that we're both proud of, and it sounds amazing. Um, you know, the writers David Taylor Gomes and Kyle Holmes are incredible, uh, incredible people to work uh, work with, and. Um, Fifty percent of all streaming uh, profits are going to uh, the Covenant House, uh, which uh, helps kids and teens, um, especially outside of the uh, who who are just fall through the cracks of the system um, uh, with homelessness um, and foster care to to, to help them um, get a, a better footing on the world. Uh, so it's it's an amazing thing, and I hope that once we're on the other side of this. I can come back to Broadway and come back to uh, performing and writing and directing and all that jazz. Love that. We come down to the final question. And somebody did just ask a question. So it kind of ties into what my final question is. Somebody asked, they said that my wife, in fact, I'll put it up here real quick. They said, my wife has a beautiful voice. What advice would you have for she could get doing for voiceovers? Now, this, now what my final question was going to be was what, advice would you give that rising actor that actor who's trying to make a name for himself as they move into so it's kind of ties into this so kind of give a generic answer on how you would go about that yeah you know voiceovers are it's such a different world i'm just starting into voiceovers but really through the show um and you know there there are resources there are resources like um, there's one-on-one -on -one NYC. They are a um, they are an acting uh, uh, an acting community, an acting school resource where they do workshops. There are uh, online workshops like uh, there's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, there's another one that I'm forgetting, um, but there are resources and there are uh, websites that are specifically about voiceovers. Uh, Playbill.com, I think Deadline, I think, uh, um, what are some other ones? SAG-AFTRA, their, their website, the union uh, that represents us, is a wonderful resource. Um, and if you are an aspiring performer, I would say, uh, you know, continue to work hard. Hard work pays off. But also, uh, um, nurture your other interests. You know, there's something to be said about going all in on this one thing. But uh, if you're only studying acting and you are supposed to portray someone that's lived a life, how can you truly portray someone if you haven't lived any life at all? Uh, and true. so, I, you know, I, I, I have other outlets outside of acting. I have photography. Uh, videography is something that uh, is very oh, wow. recent that I really, really love. Um, writing, uh, reading. Uh, you know, what are your interests? Is it music? You know, a lot, I remember in school, uh, people were so stuck on musical theater, uh, and there were other students who loved other music, who loved hip-hop, and, um, you know, who knew that in eight years, Hamilton would change the, the entire landscape of what uh, commercial musical theater could do. Uh, and so now, like, you know, study the classics, study what's on, but also keep your eyes on the horizon and, and, and follow your passions because you never quite know where they're going to lead you. Uh, and that's what I would say, you know, be kind to everyone um, and work hard. Uh, it, you know, it, nothing could go wrong 
really, if, you, if you're kind to everyone and, and you work hard. Uh, it might not be the destination that you had intended on, but it, it will be where you need to be. And it'll be where you're supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we, we look Thank forward you. to having you back down the road. And, and, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They were watching the whole time back yes. there. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for watching and thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you. It's such amazing, amazing questions. Oh, thank you.